This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going? I'm very good, Bryce. A bit slow today. Why's that? Excited. Just a bit slow. Well, I think I'm still recovering from our week of celebration from the Australian Podcast Awards. Yes, amazing week last week. Monday, we went to the Australian Podcast Awards and drum roll. They say the uh, the biggest awards nights are always on a Monday as well. <laughs> <laughs> were the Brownlows on a Monday? I don't know why you were laughing. I was being serious. <laughs> uh, and we were very excited and super proud to uh, announce that we won Australia's best business podcast. Yeah, for not our, this podcast. Not this podcast. <laughs> for our latest and newest podcast, The Dive yes. Business News. You, Sasha and Darcy have been tirelessly working to create an awesome news show that breaks down some really exciting uh, news stories from yeah. around the world. You've been involved as well, bro. No, nah, kind of. Not as much as you guys, but yeah, we, yeah. Were, we were Darcy's super Darcy's actually still celebrating. We haven't seen him since. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, very, very excited to take home the gold, uh, the gold medal for Australia's best business podcast. And also we won bronze in um, best creative and commercial campaign. So a massive thanks to the Equimets community for the ongoing support and to all of the brands that work with us and support us um, over the last 12 months as well. Yeah. Uh, you can, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the award over Bryce's shoulder and I think we should just say, you know, we've been saying you should go and listen to the dive, but you no longer have to take our word for it. Take the word of a panel of esteemed independent podcast experts that analysed the candidates 
and chose the dive. Yes. So that's don't take it. our word for it anymore. <laughs> that is it. All right. All right well, let's crack in. We big got show so today. Much, yeah. We've got a very brief what we've learned this week, but uh, we had the Sewn Hearts and Minds Conference. Uh, last Friday and we were fortunate enough to be able to tune in and get uh, access to some of the awesome speakers that pitched their stocks and we're going to go through some of them today and actually do a bit of a draft, draft. brand. We're going to pick our portfolio. Pick our portfolio. There's 12 stocks from 12 experts and we're going to try and create a portfolio what, each. What we'll do is then we'll, we'll put our portfolios head to head up on socials and people can vote. Yeah, love we, it. I, I've, we've had so much fun with the World Cup of Stocks this week that we'll just get more voting up. Yes. And then we're going to finish off with Book Bonanza. Jeez, it's going to be a long episode. Dane Walker. Yes, long episode. <laughs> Let's keep it tight. Which is uh, see how we go. So, Ren, what have you learned this week? So, two quick things. First of all, I love my automated ETF investing. I know we've spoken about it on the show. I don't need to do it again. So I checked my brokerage yesterday. It's just ticking away. I don't have to log in, don't have to do anything. Automatically transferred from my bank account. So pay hits, uh, automatically transferred to my brokerage. My brokerage then automatically invests across five ETFs that I've set up. And I checked it for the first time in about a month and it's just doing its thing. I highly recommend automating your core portfolio because I am feeling on top of the world right now. Well, after all of your who hiring about it, I have done it. Oh, really? Yeah. How are you feeling? Great. Great. You could feel like Bryce and I. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't done as many ETFs as you, but I've uh, automated the ones that I have and it is great. I do share the frustration with you though that it's not fractional. fractional. It really irritates me because I know that 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 requires – uh, there's going to be a require like a maybe a monthly like top up purchase or something yeah. to make sure that you are deploying all the cash that you want to deploy. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. I'm know. kind of getting excited about it because my plan now is to top up. It, so it's VAE, the uh, Asia X yeah. Japan one that is like six. Yeah. Anyway, so that's the one that's that's getting me. Um, but you know, I'll top that one up if I want to. But I'm also going to use any of that leftover money that isn't automatically invested to invest in thematic ETFs. Okay. So that, because I don't want to like regularly consistently put into them, but you know, if I want to top up, you know, like a beta shares hack or something, I'll just use that money. Yeah. So that's how I'm sort of thinking about it. That's how I'm thinking about like thematic ETFs kind of getting in my core portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Anyway. What it's, else? It's working for me. I'm loving it. So I, I recommend it. Uh, one other thing, this is not for stocks, but it might be the, the start of a beautiful thesis. I love PayPal. <laughs> I love PayPal so much. And let me tell you why I love PayPal so much. I am in a war with the Australian, the newspaper. Okay. Um, they, don't, they don't know we're in a war, <laughs> but I am in a war with them. Okay. Pre-FinFest, there was an article about us and about FinFest in the Oz. Yeah. And so I signed up oh, to, right. yeah, yeah. to read it. Yeah. The Oz has one of the, make your own judgment about it, you can sign up online and you can pay with a credit card online to sign up, but to unsubscribe, you have to call them. Really? You can't cancel just online. That's annoying. And I think that's bull. Like yeah. if you're going to allow people to sign up online, allow them to cancel online. Yeah. So I am refusing to call them, not give them the satisfaction. Yeah. Uh, so I just went on to PayPal and I said, stop paying this. Order, stop paying this. And it just, it just stops the auto payments. Oh, so you signed up through PayPal. Yeah, yeah. I pay, yeah. yeah. M- most I- online transactions that I can do through PayPal, I will do through PayPal. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
So now the Oz keeps sending me emails. We need you to update your payment details. Nah. Junk that. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> I refuse to call you. <laughs> so anyway, that's my uh, my petty gripe of the day. But um, PayPal is great because I would have expected ComBank allows you to do something similar, but it doesn't. Yeah, banks, you have to go in and ask them to stop direct debits. Yeah. 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 You, you can do it. But, but you, it's not easy. PayPal no. is easy. It's one click. Yeah, like yeah. if people aren't buying things with PayPal online, seriously think about it. It's really good. Love it. What have you learned this week? Uh, so we had the Ed Cavalier episode on Monday, yes. which was great, about the uh, Qatar World Cup. If you haven't had a listen, go and have a listen. It's also on the dive in shorter form. But uh, he's got a few conspiracy theories. And after listening and then watching some of the, some of the, some of the World <laughs> Cup unfold, I've learned that I can understand why people can get really stuck in conspiracies or really get on board with them because you anchor to things that support your conspiracy theory and listening to Ed's episode and then seeing how some things have unfolded in the World Cup, you can... Are you starting to believe it? Well, no, I'm not starting to believe it, but you can understand how over time people can just believe the most crazy things. First step, you believe Ed Cavalier about football, (laughs) you end up supporting QAnon. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) No, but like, so the... What about the Japan-Germany game? Yeah, yeah, Where exactly. Where Germany did the covering the mouth protest. Yeah. I was about to cover my mouth, but that's not great for podcasting. No. Uh, and then Japan beat them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I'm not going to th- throw any accusations out there, but like all those small things. But if I hadn't have listened to Ed, I wouldn't be saying... And what about... I wouldn't be saying, oh, this is a crazy... Well, I'd just be like, oh, wow, Japan beat Germany. And what about when Australia did the protest video and then they lost 4-1 to France? That's to be expected. <laughs> <laughs> Not, no surprises there. Let's move on. We have a lot to get through. It's time for the Sown Hearts and Minds draft. But before we get to this year's stocks, it's important that we caveat this around what has happened from last year. Yeah. Now for people who aren't familiar with Hearts and Minds, it's a charitable conference where 12 expert investors from Australia and around the world pitch their best idea. Those 12 stocks get rolled up into a portfolio and a listed investment company. The ticker is HM1. That It's essentially all rather than taking a management fee on that and also all ticket sales from the conference get donated to medical research. Mm. So it's like a really great cause and something that we're really proud to uh, support. But it is important that people take every stock tip, be it from an expert at a $1,000 conference or from your mate at a pub with a grain of salt. Because last year wasn't a great year for the HM1 stock picks. Yeah, so uh, keeping in mind that year to date, the ASX is down 5%, go Aussie, and the S&P 500 is down 17%. Here's how some of the stocks from the last conference have performed. So HM1, the listed investment company, is down 39% year to date. No surprises because it is um, packed with a lot of these stock tips. Um, Yeah, high-flying growth. High-flying growth. Now, keep in mind, these these are stock pitchers. They're pitching a stock that has to perform in 12 months. Yeah. So it's a, it's a very tough thing to do. But anyway, let's rip through them. Tectonic Industries was pitched. It's down 44%. And these are all numbers year to date. Uh, Bengo 4 is down 51. Megaport down 68. Delivery Hero, I remember that one, down for 59%. Spotify down 69. Avalara? Yeah, Avalara. Was acquired at 93.50 a share. I'm not sure what was that. That was relative year to date. But yeah. yeah. Flight Center was a 
short pitch. It's down 16%. On semi is up five. Nice one to Nick Griffin at Munro. Uh, Beauty Health down 59%. Coinbase down 83%. GitLab, uh, it was Yen Liao down 53%. And Pinnacle Investment was a pitch and it is down 43%. So look, in the grand scheme of things, it's not I mean, like, we're not having it's not, a go. Whoa, yeah. A yeah, lot of stocks like, are in this high growth phase. I invested in Jumia. That's down, like, yeah. <laughs> 90%. <laughs> but it just does uh, – it does couch the next part of this episode that despite these amazing investors coming out and saying it is their best investment opportunity, blindly going into it, uh, you know, always do yeah, your own research yeah. and consider what might happen over the next 12 months. And to be honest, like a lot of these companies will probably do quite well. Like some of them are definitely worth, I own some of them, some of them are on my watch list. We've heard experts speak about them a few times. It's the challenge of the 12 months, the tyranny yeah, of the 12. Yeah, big time. Maybe that's a phrase we can coin. <laughs> like it's hard to be right in a short period of time in anything, but especially in the stock market that relies so much on like psychology. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Tough. with that important disclaimer in mind, let's talk about the 12 from the conference and let's do it in draft style. So Bryce, I have a virtual coin toss here. Yep. Uh, you're just going to have to trust me because you can't see my screen. Uh, heads or tails? Tails. Tails never fails, as they say. It is tails. So you get first draft pick. The name of the game here is to pick the six stocks that you think will do the best over the next 12 months. Yep. Pick your portfolio. And then we'll go head to head and maybe at hearts, around hearts and minds time next year, we'll do the same thing and we'll review how we went. And so when you pick your stock, tell us who pitched it. Tell us about the company and why you like it, why you're, why you're drafting it. Nice. All right, let's get going. <laughs> so my first stock, Ren, no surprises here, is from Nick Griffin ASML. Okay. Nice. Uh, the stock ticker is ASML. Nice. Uh, the first time we met him, he said, it's the best company you've never heard of. And now uh, in now his presentation- we've certainly heard of it. <laughs> he said, it is the world's most important factory. And what they do is that they build semiconductor manufacturing tools and essentially these tools allow us to fit more transistors onto a semiconductor. They have an absolute monopoly in this, uh, in this space and uh, the technology that they sell is incredibly expensive. So you've got a monopoly selling incredibly expensive technology that is super, super important for many of the semiconductor producers and then also the end users, Apple, Samsung, you name it. Incredible company. Revenue, 15%. Kager through to 2030 is his expectation. And he says that they expect earnings per share to return 105% in the next two years alone, Ren. Two years is what his expectations are. Double your money. 105% you say? Double your money in two years. You should see his 2030 ex, uh, expectations. But he reckons that, um, that, that this is a no-brainer. They sell this tech, these big boxes that create th this lithography stuff and the minimum purchase price is $190 million yep. up, to the, up to the head uh, million euro, I should say, up to 350 million euro. And more and more people are, or what they call the foundries, are buying these things. Yes. So- Incredible company. He said he wished he had pitched this for the last four years. He's that obsessed with this company. But um, feels that this was the year to pitch this because 
of uh, the growth that he is expecting over the next two years. And what about the semiconductor slowdown that we're saying? No issues. <laughs> he says it's such a competitive market and the demand for given that they're a monopoly. Yeah. I also think like the, the immediate slowdown right now isn't really the challenge because like the amount of foundries being built over the next like two or three or four years, you know, in mainland Europe, in America, like Intel is putting stupid amounts of money in, TSMC is building one in the US. There, that's when you need to get the photolithography machines. Yeah. 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 To like set up your foundries. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. It probably would have been my first pick as well. Partly just because Nick Griffin seems to... He knows what he's doing. Yeah, Tom Brady might have won seven Super Bowls, but Nick Griffin's the goat of... Hearts and minds. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, yeah. not not picking oh, socks in general. Minds. Just yeah. hearts and minds. Um, yeah. All right. So I am going to go a company that I hadn't heard of before the Hearts and Minds conference, and that's Nike. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> it is uh, Eurofins Scientific. Yeah. Uh, Peter Cooper picked it. Have you heard of it? I hadn't until until Hearts and Minds. So you think that uh, 105% over the next two years is impressive. Let me give you 37,000% all-time share market growth. Mm. It's a, uh, quote Peter Cooper, a hidden champion, a long-term compounder. Mm. Uh, For context, over the past 25 years, Apple's returned 32% and CSL's returned 21% a year. Per annum, yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. This, uh, This company sits right in the middle 26% 26% compound annual growth rate over 25 years. Amazing. They provide uh, like laboratory testing for a number of different companies uh, and industries, pharmaceutical, food, environmental, agri-science, consumer products. They're kind of like a, not a, like a laboratory as a service. You need lab testing done, these guys will do it for you. 6.7 billion euro in revenue last year, uh, headquartered in Luxembourg. But the thing that gets me excited, well, there's a couple of things that get me excited. It's down, it's meaningfully down. It's down almost 50%, 47% from September last year. It's rebounded a little bit recently, uh, back up about 10%. It's trading at just under 70 euros a share. Cooper's investors think it could be worth 100 so without knowing too much about the company, but just like being really excited by a company I haven't heard of before, I'm putting in Eurofins. Nice. Yeah, I found this one really interesting. A couple of the big tailwinds that support this stock pitch is that when you're thinking about a thesis, if the company is backed or has a tailwind of government regulation, then you're kind of in a good position. And this is a company that benefits from the increase in government regulation that comes around food quality, air quality, chemical quality, all these industries that keep getting more and more regulation put in. Mm. The more regulation that comes, the more testing they need to do, the more that they need to use Eurofins. Or a competitor. Yeah, but apparently these guys have a huge cost advantage. They offer like one of the cheapest tests on the market. Yeah, wow. And at such scale. Hey, it's my pick. Sorry. Get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm excited. I I thought it was an interesting, interesting pick. Just another one of those like boring... Yeah. Companies yeah. that just dominate. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. All right, Bryce, you have got well, we could do a snake draft and then I get to pick again, but I think for let you go. You go. <laughs> no, yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> So another stock that I hadn't thought about, I'm going to be putting Keywords uh. Studios. <laughs> Keywords Studios in, and this was pitched by Joyce Meng. The ticker is KWS. It's listed over in London. 
We talk about the picks and shovels of industries, Ren, and this is the picks and shovels of video game development. Now, video games are a $235 billion market, huge market, but it, it is becoming more and more expensive to build and develop video games. It's one of those industries where as technology improves, we're not getting we're not getting cheaper economies of scale here. We're getting more and more expensive to build games. The average AAA rated game, i.e. those top tier Call of Duty's big games. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto 6. Grand Theft Auto costs on average over $100 million and takes five years to develop. Now, if you're a video game maker, you need resources to do that, serious resources. And this is where Keyword Studios come in because they are the largest video game development outsourcing provider. So all these massive companies go to Keywords and say, we need production help, we need sales help, we need help in many different verticals, can you do it? Rather than paying for it all themselves, they, they outsource and get economies of scale that way. You'll like this because you like uh, IAC, I think it is, the yeah, Interactive Corp, interactive corp um, Acquirer. They have an incredible track record of um, mergers and acquisitions. They've uh, made 56 acquisitions that on average improve their bottom line by 10% per year. And they have a pipeline of, I think, 100 acquisition targets over the next sort of 24 months. Yeah, I like Interactive Corp because of the opposite though. It's the anti-conglomerate. They spin everything out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, another fascinating company. It's huge and it's that picks and shovels. So if you want to get access to the video game game market, um, this is potentially one way to look at it. But I'm adding it in. Nice. Keyword Studios. All right, well, let's keep rolling. I am going to uh, draft my second Hearts and Minds stock pick based on the rebound in travel. Yep. I am going China Tourism Group. Listed in China, the ticket is 60188. I hate their tickets. Oh, well, it's not just China. It's I know, like, Hong Kong, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Japan, yeah. yeah it's just um, triple eight, that's lucky, lucky. number. Yeah. yeah, so feeling good about that. Uh, Junbei Lu pitched it and uh, she came out wearing so much like like Louis Vuitton hat and yeah. like uh, yeah, yeah. all this like- um, Luxury. Lux- yeah, luxury. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So China Tourism Group operate duty-free stores at airports um, around China and around the world. They have 90% market share in China. 200 re- or over 200 retail stores uh, listing, uh, stocking over 1,200 global brands. They're the biggest in the world in this duty-free category and they are just directly correlated to Chinese tourism and Chinese tourism spending around the world. Here's a fun fact for you. 40% of global du- duty-free shopping is done by Chinese tourists. Yeah, it's nuts. 40%? Yeah. <laughs> they love it. Yeah, they $34 it. billion dollars, apparently is that that's what that 40% is worth. And an important driver of that spend, it's not just that Chinese tourists love spending money at airports. It's that luxury goods are meaningfully cheaper at these duty-free shops mm. than in mainland China. Mm. So like there is a real arbitrage opportunity for Chinese tourists to buy it in duty-free and send it home or carry it home. Yeah, like there's, there's a there's an economically rational reason that that you would expect this spend to just be powerful. Yeah. As Chinese consumers get wealthier, as they tr- are able to travel more, they're able to get this stuff cheaper than they can at home. Net profit growth, 33% in 2020, 23% in 2021, and they were in... And that was in COVID. Yeah, that was in... 
yeah. interrupted years. Yeah. This was a, I, I really liked this pitch. I think there's some interesting stuff here. But yeah, I'm, I'm really, for the next 12 months, you're just saying you expect tourism to normalize, especially out of China. Because you think about the context in China right now, you know, Qantas might be forecasting big profit increases. But in China, COVID zero is still a thing. But it feels like. Yeah, Maybe. If, if China let go of that, this thing's going to go nuts. Yeah. Or if Xi Jinping cracks down and reinforces COVID zero, then this one maybe not so much. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so you've got two in the draft. I've got two in the draft. So the third a stock that I'm adding to the draft is Darling Ingredients, uh, pitched by James Miller from Firetrail. Now, the world is after renewable energy sources and one of the biggest emitters of renewable uh, CO2 carbon emissions is airline industry. Diesel. <laughs> yes? Yeah, I'm just curious <laughs> as to how you're going to make this all work. You're going to change the airline industry in a year? Changing the airline industry in a year. No, so, well, this isn't, this isn't the only thing they do, but this was the main part of the pitch, the main thesis. So, Darling Ingredients um, own a huge portion of the world's animal fat and deep fried cooking oil. They, so, they collect the waste. They, yeah, they yeah. collect and the like, waste when you were and at the Woolies supply. And when I was at Coles, like we, we didn't deal – I don't think we – at Coles I didn't deal with Darling, but there are Australian equivalents. Yes. They collect literally used cooking oil, yeah. animal offcuts. Half an animal. Yeah. Yeah, and they use this and sell it on to those that are going to create renewable, 100% fossil fuel-free diesel, which we know for airlines – uh, utes, cars, whatever, is uh, is the way of the future. It is the largest owner of this fuel source around the world. They have relationships with over 200,000 restaurants. They say that they own about 15% of the world's animal fats and byproducts and uh, then on-sell this. But what is the, the, the thesis and the growth behind this? Apparently, a lot of the big oil companies are now recognising that they need to get into the renewable diesel game and are building huge refining capacity for renewable diesel, which is putting um, an increased demand for the fuel source being animal fats and all that sort of stuff. And uh, this is where Darling really come in because they have that source. And if you look at the Chicago animal fat price, I didn't, of course, there's a, there's a, obviously an exchange for Chicago for animal fat. It's tripled over the last couple of years because there is just not enough supply at the moment to meet the demand that is coming from a lot of these big oils and a lot of the companies that are now building, uh, refining uh, this renewable diesel. And so, so what Darling you're saying, are really putting themselves in the middle of all of this. Yeah, but then shouldn't Walmart and Kroger and I don't know what the big butcher chains over there are, probably Walmart and Kroger still, shouldn't they be negotiating higher prices from Darling? <sighs> you're going to have to ask Darling, but <laughs> you'd think so. <laughs> Sounds yeah, like no. the prices are going up anyway. With well, Yeah, the, the prices are going up given given that there's not enough, but if, you know, I guess what you're saying is they should be asking for more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you'd, you'd assume if the commodity price is going up and they give, they have to pay more, they can still take that, they can still widen their margin as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so anyway, I'm not sure what the catalyst over the next 12 months That's is. That's my question. It's, that, a, it's a really interesting company. But yeah, yeah, and that wasn't really sort of pitched um, by James. It wasn't like this is what's going to occur in the next 12, other than... There is just continued demand and continued inflation in the price. I mean, if the the commodity price has gone up threefold in how long? The last couple of years, I think. Well, then, like, if that trend continues. Yeah. 
Yeah, so so it is interesting, um, particularly for aviation. Apparently, aviation can't turn away from diesel. They can't go electric. They can't do anything else, X, Y, and Z. So diesel is for them. So big opportunity in diesel. But anyway, what no. are you going for? Uh, so I am going to play the man, and in this case, it was a man pitching it, not the ball here. I don't know much about this company, but I'm going to back in a former guest of Equity Mates, Ricky Sandler. Yep. New Relic. Yep. New R, N-E-W-R. Yes. That's the ticker, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I know. Nah, so uh, he, um, it's a software company. Obviously, software has just been whacked this year and I am feeling throughout this whole market downturn this year, I've been feeling pretty okay and I'm going to continue that. Um, so it's down 50% this year. It trades at a big discount to its software as a service peers. Ricky has a $125 price target. For context, it's currently trading at about $50. He reckons the downside is 46. The upside is 175. So that's pretty good. Yeah. It basically, so it's a software as a service business that allows uh, companies to track the performance of their technology stack in, in one integrated platform. Yeah. Obviously not something that we're super familiar with being the media business rather than the tech business that we are here. So we spoke to him about this and, you know, he was talking about the catalysts for growth in, in a year. And it's it's not about valuation. Like, it, you know, there are a few pitches in the Stone Hearts of Minds, which were great pitches, but they were arguing that the market has just got valuation wrong. Ricky, in this instance, thinks that there's just like a misunderstanding of the business. Yeah. The perception of the business is wrong. And if that perception changes in the next year, it'll get re-rated. Um, and so, Ricky, I'm backing you in here, my man. I'm drafting New Relic. Nice, New Relic. Now, it was an interesting pitch and you're right. It was all about the mispricing and mis the idea that it's perceived as a loser, yeah. where in actual fact, it's not a loser. So we've got three each. Let's quickly recap what we've got, take a break, and then close out the draft. All right, so I started with ASML, then I went to Keyword Studios, and then I had Darling Ingredients. And on my side of the board, started with Eurofins, then I've gone to China Tourism Group and heading over to America for New Relic. Mm, all feeling, right. Feeling good about my, my three so far. Well, with three to go, let's see how it pans out after the break. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. 
All right, Ren, let's kick straight into it. We've got three stocks each still to draft, and I'm going to be heading over to France where I'm going to be taking Group FDJ or France du jour. I'm pretty sure it's okay. something like that. It's I the can't. French lottery. The French lottery, yeah. yes. Now, this is a fascinating story. It's a look into the future. We've got front row seats in how to the, in, into how the French lottery is going to play out over the next five years, okay. accor- according to Anthony Abood from Perpetual. Why is this the case? Just for a little bit of a history lesson, uh, Australian Lottery, the Lottery Corp or whatever it's called, was spun out of um, earlier this year. What Anthony is saying is that we have a similar situation with the French Lottery as we did with the uh, Lottery Corp here. Okay. Now, the French Lottery is the fourth largest uh, lottery in the world, which I thought was surprising. And well, F- if you thought that was surprising, you obviously haven't been listening to The Dive because we did a full episode on lotteries, what happens when you li- win the lottery and the world's biggest lotteries. Do you know what the world's biggest lottery is? Uh, it's got to be the States. No. Oh, there you go. It's in Europe. Oh, who? Spain's Christmas Lottery. How big? Like, it's a stupid amount of the population that plays it. Like, wow. more than half the population plays it every oh, Christmas. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, so FDJ has a monopoly uh, concession to run the monopoly, uh, the monopoly, the the lotto for the next st- stupid amount of years. I can't remember what it was, but it was like 30 years or something. Just for context, the Spanish Christmas lottery, $3 billion. Whoa, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> Um, And so what Anthony is saying is that what happened with Lottery Corp and why it's going so well now is because they took the lottery from an offline bricks and mortar and now have taken it to an online and made it more accessible for many more people. And the online penetration is now a lot higher than it was. And so, you know, uh, that's one of the thesis behind Lottery Corp. And FDJ has incredibly low online penetration at the moment and are aggressively pursuing taking the business online. And so he's saying that there are many reasons why uh, the French lotto should mirror what is going on with um, Lottery Corp. And, uh, and as such, he's uh, saying it's a buy recommendation. Cool. So FDJ, a French lotto. But, I mean, there's a few assumptions in there. What's that? I mean, well, like lotteries are just incredibly regulated businesses. So perhaps there is something that would stop the French from moving it online in the same way. Like maybe people don't want to encourage gambling. Oh, I don't know. Like the governments love the tax revenue from gambling. So yeah, well, he didn't mention anything about anything about that. Cause it's like, it's, it's not exactly, it's not like you needed to see Australia's lotto move online to know that you could increase lottery participation by having an online offering. Yeah. Like well, I could have told you that in 2001. It's participation. And I was eight. It's, <laughs> no, no, you couldn't. Um, it's margins. It's a whole bunch of other things that. He, I get, yeah. I guess my he, question is like, why haven't they done it earlier? Well, I and, mean, and why like, hasn't, what? that's, I mean, that's just like, it's dig- digitization. Like why hasn't Lottery Corp done it earlier? They did. They Barely. did it five they, years ago. Yeah, but why didn't they do it ten? It's Don't the same, know. It's the same, it's the same question. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> why haven't half the businesses around the world digitised? Like it's just... Why haven't they done it earlier and why is this year the year that they're going to do it? Because like, you know, I, I believe the thesis in general with a, without being time bound. I don't know if I believe the thesis over the next 12 months. Fair call. But I like. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Anyway. All right. What have you got? I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to have a crack at your picks. <laughs> we haven't had an Australian company yet, so for my fourth pick, I'm going to put an ASX stock on the board. Give me car sales. Okay. Tim Carlton, who we have had on the show before, pitched car sales 
It is a dominant player in Australia. It has six times the market share of the number two player. And Bryce Lesky, I bet you can't name the number two player. I was just player. thinking that. No. Well, I haven't even bought a car, so you I can own, barely name You name own half a hundred jazz. I can barely name car sales. <laughs> Tim likes it because uh, of the valuation of it. It's uh, getting back towards its sort of long-term average. It's down about 13% this year. So it hasn't sold off as much as some of these other tech businesses have, probably because it actually does make a profit. Love to say that. Mm. 11% compound annual growth rate since listing. You know, it's no neuro, it's no Eurofins, but pretty it's good. It's not bad, yeah. But Tim believes there's a few growth drivers, lifting ad prices, dynamic pricing, mm. and uh, some more products. He also sees um, potential growth in some of the overseas businesses, US, South Korea, South America, uh, Tim said, you don't get extra returns from increased level of difficulty. Don't leave this one on the road. Yeah. And I think this is one where it's like, it's a good business. It's a dominant player and it's profitable. So, you know, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here. Put car sales on the board for me. Done. Car sales on the board. Now we're getting to, to slim pickings now. <laughs> um, oh, you know what? I Because I'm picking last, I'm going to get dudded, aren't I? <laughs> well, it depends what you classify as dud. <laughs> I'm going to have to go with probably the one that excites me the most of the remaining four, and that would be Nike. Oh, New York dude. stock ticker, NKE. What is going to change for Nike in the next year? <laughs> no, I don't know. This was from Bob Desmond. His pitch is really twofold and the main thesis for why Nike is that it's obviously down. It's the fact that they're taking more and more control of their distribution channels. Now, we've known this. We've spoken about it on the show. It's nothing new. In 2015, they only sold 23% of their stock um, or 23% of revenue was driven from direct to consumer. Now, 43% of what they sell is direct to consumer. As you can imagine, with, uh, with taking more control of distribution, you have more control over cost and uh, you know a bunch of other things. And secondly, uh, increase in the amount of technology that they're using within the business. Classifies it as a technology powerhouse. Thirdly as well, he says that no one will ever outspend Nike when it comes to advertising with a $4 billion marketing budget per year. So, Ren, you, you do have the, the right question there. What is the catalyst over the next 12 months? Hard to say, but it's, it's obviously just a absolute giant in the retail space and uh, I'm going to have to put it into my, into my draft. So, I'll take Nike. Nice one. I am mindful of the time, so let's keep rolling. I am going to take a, a bet on a inflation play i am going to put transurban in my portfolio as pick number five Catherine alfrey pitched it at um the sone conference uh it's lost over a billion dollars in revenue over the last three years because of covid but prices are linked to inflation it's got an incredible moat the return to the office trend is here if your reign as CEO has anything to go by, um, everyone will be back in the office at some point. <laughs> no, very flexible here uh, at Equity Mate. So we actually do have a job listing, so you can head over and uh, uh, apply. Bryce is a very nice CEO. Yes. Um, but yeah, Transurban, everyone knows it. Toll roads, infrastructure, dominant position in Australia. Inflation you- hedged. Inflation hedged. If you've heard that little beep as you're driving on a toll road, you've paid Transurban some money. That's it. Put them in my portfolio. Done. All right, Ren, two to go. And I am going to have to go with Tim Elliott's pick, <sighs> Champion <laughs> Champion Iron, listed on the ASX. Uh, they 
are an iron ore miner um, and they have a, a large mine called Bloom Lake over in Qu- Quebec in Canada. Incredibly g- g- um, high quality iron ore, uh, great management. But his thesis is that the market has misread their recent report and so the stock has been sold off, off and made it very clear that now is the time to buy this stock. In terms of valuation against peers, you think Rio, you think BHP, you think Fortescue. He says the stock has 43% uplift just to be in line with valuation based on EBITDA against their peers. So it's a valuation play. It's high quality um, iron ore, which we know has premium pricing in the market and is incredibly well run. I guess my whole question about iron ore, because I believe all of that, but isn't the whole thing just like where China goes and where China's property market goes, the market for iron ore goes? Yeah. Anyway, who knows? 12 months. (laughs) Evergrande's been collapsing for like 18 months now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that leaves me with AMP, uh, pitched by Fred Woolard and Fred... Don't get me wrong. It's not because I think your pitch is bad. I just don't know about the catalyst. So AMP, a lot of people probably know, uh, financial advice, investment products, superannuation. It obviously got decimated with the financial advice Royal Commission here in Australia. Advisors are leaving the market. That whole business model is being challenged. Their um, referral, biz, trailing commission referral business model got challenged in the Royal Commission and they've sort of been out in the wilderness ever since. It is worth noting that they're up a third this year. They're up 33% this year. So if you've uh, been holding AMP, you might be a bit happy. You're probably less happy about the fact they're down 74% in the past five years. But Fred's pitch was a sum of their parts pitch. So um, AMP is currently worth about $4 billion. That's its market value. Uh, Fred believes that if you just value each of the parts of AMP's business separately they're worth about $7 billion. So almost double what they're trading at. If you just add up AMP Bank, it's New Zealand Wealth Management Division, it's uh, AMP Super and its advice platform, and then minority stakes in two Chinese businesses, and then finally a US property platform. So look, I believe that. Uh, But as Ricky Sandler said, it's not about valuations, it's about mispricing. And what Fred and I hope, and I guess what HM1 hopes, is that the market wakes up to this some of the parts analysis in the next 12 months because mm-hmm. it you know, could take longer for that thesis to play out. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. interesting pitch, some of the parts, but um, there's a reason that it's last on the list. And unfortunately, you did have to put in the portfolio. I think if we both had the opportunity, we would... Would be leaving it. Look, out. I but think anyway. I think you know we're 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 not close to AMP, but we're we're close enough. We've been burnt by this whole financial advice thing. We're now licensed, yeah. So we probably just want to avoid AMP because I don't know, it feels too close to home. That's it. All right. Well, we will get our picks up online just to close out. I had ASML. I had. Keyword ingredient, keyword ingredients, keyword <laughs> studio, <laughs> darling ingredients. Then I went group FDJ. Then I went Nike. And then champion. And then iron. champion iron. <laughs> we'll edit that up. Anyway, but equity mates, you got to know that took about five minutes to get through. That. <laughs> All right, I I had on my board Eurofins. Then I had China Tourism Group, New Relic, Car Sales, Transurban closing out with AMP. Love it. So go over to our Instagram, tell us which portfolio you'd be backing for the next 12 months. And I guess in 12 months from now, we'll do it all over again. Love it. Sounds good. All right. Well, uh, to close out, we've got a quick 
book bonanza. Let's do it. All right, so we are joined by Dane. Dane, thanks for uh, coming on the pod today. No problem. It's a pleasure. For those who are new to Ren's book Bonanza, the rules are simple. I couldn't be bothered moving all my books, so I just brought them to the office instead, and we want to give them away on the show. Three questions. I'm going to ask Dane and Bryce. If Dane beats Bryce, he gets to choose the book. If Bryce beats Dane, Bryce chooses the book that Dane gets. Three books that you're playing for today. Uh, The first one, if you're watching on YouTube, I'll hold them up to the camera. Shareplicity 2, A Guide to Investing in the US Stock Market by Danielle Akuye. The second one is one that I've tried to give away a few times. I really rated it. I obviously haven't done a good job selling it on this podcast. The Contrarian, the book about Peter Thiel uh, by Max Chafkin. Uh, Peter Thiel, the co-founder of PayPal, the uh, co-founder of Palantir, uh, early investor in Facebook and big Republican funder at the moment. Very interesting guy, very controversial guy. Finally, uh, a book that's not particularly about investing, but is one that uh, I'm actually good friends with, and I went to school with the author, Bo Seo. Shout out to him. He's over at Harvard at the moment. Uh, Two-time world university debating champion. uh, And the book is called Good Arguments, What the Art of Debating Can Teach Us About Listening Better and Disagreeing Well. And... uh, if it, that doesn't sell you, Kevin Rudd writes the uh, endorsement on the front cover. So um, a little bit out of left field, but uh, one that I thought was quite good and uh, one that I want to give away. So, Dane, they're the three books. Any that you've got your eye on in particular? Uh, I think um, you sell on the contrarian is the way to go. Nice, nice. Third time's the charm. All right, well, let's play and let's see if uh, you can beat Bryce. The theme today where the Soccer World Cup's kicked off in Qatar, so it's all soccer and World Cup themed uh, with a share market twist. Question one. Manchester United is probably the best known uh, listed sports team, listed uh, soccer team in the world. In FY22, it brought in $710 million in revenue. The first question is the closest to the pin question. How much revenue did it bring in five years ago? So $710 million this year. Have a guess what it did five years ago. Dane, do you want to start? 450 mil. 450 mil. And Bryce, what do you think? Five years ago, I'm going to say they brought in... I'm going to say not a, not, not a massive increase, 600 mil. 600 mil. Dane, unfortunately, Bryce is closest to the pin. The answer is 757 mil. One thing that I learned while looking at these companies is that sports teams don't grow their revenue line a lot. Their, their valuations increase, but their revenues are very stark. Yeah, right. yeah. Very consistent. Very consistent. Yeah, yeah. So second question. These four uh, professional football teams are all listed on stock exchanges around the world. Which of them is the most valuable? We've got Scotland's Celtic, Germany's Borussia Dortmund, Italy's AS Roma, and Italy's Juventus. Dane, uh, are you a football fan? Have you heard of any of those teams? I've heard of the teams, and I think um, football is huge in Italy, so it'd be the AC Roma or Juventus. I think we'll go Juventus. All right, nice. Uh, Bryce, which one do you want to go? I would also. I was also going to go Juventus. It's been taken. But I'll... Okay, well, I'll flip it around and go the German one. Borussia Dortmund? Yeah. Dane, you've nailed it. It is Juventus. Yes. 713 million US dollars. Uh, 
the next most valuable was 400 million at Borussia Dortmund. Uh, but Dane, you've got that one. It is one all, which takes us to the final question. Australia isn't getting left behind in listing their sports teams. There's one notable Australian sports team that is publicly listed on the ASX. Bryce is nodding, so I think he knows the answer. So, Dane, I'll throw it to you. Do you know what team that is? Brisbane Broncos. Ah, he's nailed it. (laughs) Yes, the Brisbane Broncos are listed. ASX ticker BBL. If you look at their financials, you'll see something very similar to Manchester United. They're... Revenue doesn't move much year on year. I think they do about $38 million a year every year. With COVID, they did 19. Then it's back, then it's back to 38 again. Uh, but, Dane, you have won. You have beaten Bryce. Uh, you get to choose your book. Uh, which one are you after? The Contrarian. You sold it so well. Great. Well, I know you'll enjoy it. I don't have to say I hope you will because it's a, it's a good read. So we'll get that sent off to you. But, Dane, uh, thanks for playing. Thank you for the opportunity. I love your work, guys. Cheers, man. Thanks, Dane. We appreciate it. And, Ren, that does bring us to the end of an episode. If you'd like to join uh, us and uh, take a book home like Dane did at the uh, for Book Bonanza, email us at contact at equitymates.com. We'd love to have you as part of the show. But, Ren, we'll pick it up next week. Sounds good. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.